Insights, solutions, and networking all come together at RSA Conference. Join a global cybersecurity community at rsaconference.com forward slash ITSP MAG24. Either we are there or not, ITSP Magazine still gets the best stories. There are plenty of conferences and all sorts of events that spark our curiosity and allow us to start conversations with some of the world's brightest minds. In person or virtually, we sit down with them at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Together, we discover what the synergy of these three elements means for the future of humanity. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. CrowdSec, the collaborative and open source cybersecurity solution. Analyze behaviors, respond to attacks, and share signals across the community for free. Let's make the internet safer together. Learn more at crowdsec.net. EdgeScan offers continuous vulnerability intelligence as a service, accurately identifying vulnerabilities and exposures across the full stack. All threats are verified by cybersecurity experts, providing exploitable risk and remediation guidance, virtually false positive free. Learn more at edgescan.com. Pentera, the leader in automation security validation, allows organizations to continuously test the integrity of all cybersecurity layers by emulating real-world attacks at scale to pinpoint the exploitable vulnerabilities and prioritize remediation towards business impact. Learn more at www.pentera.io. Look at that. We're live from the show floor. <laughs> yeah. It is it is incredibly loud and I hope you can hear me perfectly fine. Yes, you're coming in loud and clear, Chloe. Excellent. So Marco's off hacking his teeth. Uh, so I'm flying solo and I'm thrilled to have you on. Uh, it seems like you've been uh, collecting things. <laughs> I have, um, you know, because, you know, Black Hat's great and everything, but it is very corporate. Um, but this is one you start kind of, okay, so I'll rewind here. So the cool All thing, right. like I said yesterday, was that on the badge itself, it gives you a little DEF CON logo right here to let people know if you're attending DEF CON because you could get a DEF CON ticket. So now I'm able to see people when they come up or start talking to me that they're going to attend DEF CON. But today is the day we pick up our DEF CON badge. I have nice. a lot of badges on. Um, so this is the DEF CON badge. I have Look not put that. the battery in. I haven't connected it. But it looks amazing. Right? Um, I mean, keyboard music can't get any more cool than yeah. that. Yeah. No, it's nice. really cool. Um, so I picked this one up today, along with the uh, DEF CON package of all the agenda. And then I also saw MintyNet today, Ooh. who helps with a car hacking village. And he got me this little thing. Ah, and it's like, nice. you can have different flashes. <laughs> 
Uh, so much more advanced yeah. than the one I got from him a few years ago. Look at that. I know. And he's got the tiger on it. Uh, he's carrying a giant tiger. Uh, do, you know, do you know how to pronounce the tiger's name? Is it Big Rinio? I don't know. I don't. I think, uh, you know, I should have pulled him to be on here today. I, I saw know. him this morning. I should have been like, hey, you should come back here. <laughs> um, but yeah, we did a podcast with him. Well, maybe tomorrow. Cars and I mean, it is very possible. I'm yeah, going to be at DEFCON. I'm so excited for that. Um, oh, right now there is the Global Cyber Games happening. So I got to go and check that out this morning, and that was fun. And that's with uh, the U.S. Is that that's is that U.S. Cyber Games? Not the U.S. It's Global Cyber Games, but it's uh, the Global the Cat, Cyber Games. Cat's Eye putting that on is that right yes at the hyper exactly yes so nice. that was cool i i got to see the setup it, it looks amazing in there um so i had someone come to las vegas to kind of see a little bit about the hacker scene and that's where i took them first today and so when they came there they were just like what is this this is amazing <laughs> and i'm like it hasn't even begun yet like right. <laughs> so they're experiencing uh, the hacker world a little did, bit today. Did you leave them there? Uh, I did not leave them there, but I know I'll be going back with them there. But Nice. We lost your video. Yeah. There we go. Okay, now it's back. Yeah, there we go. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of the stuff that I have on here. Lots it's of just the beginning. I've seen... It's just the beginning. The clinking sounds are fantastic. You know, whenever you're walking, you can hear. And that's when you know who here is going to DEF CON, who is not. <laughs> and it's by the, the clinking of badges. Oh, yeah. And then I got this thing. This is at the Microsoft Security Response uh, event from yesterday. It was really cool. It was in a room where it was simulating uh, a takeoff, like a rocket takeoff and also like stars. It was really futuristic and really nice experience. And where where was that? Was that there at Black Hat? Or was that off-site? It was at, it, it's off-site from Black Hat. They had shuttles right. that took you there. I can't remember what that place is called, but um, it was right next to, I think, Area 51, which is where the Rapid 7 party was. Oh, yeah. Nice one. Yeah. So what's the... Um, we, we had some folks on this morning. They, they chose to go outside of the hall. Uh, to, I mean, the, the noise doesn't bother us here, um, but pr presumably it makes it difficult to, to pay attention on your end. So they went outside of the hall. But what's what's the vibe like? Sounds like it's still pretty, pretty good pump, it, pump and uh, vibe there still. Yeah, I would say that maybe there's like half the amount of people here right now. Granted, it's towards the end of the business hall. I think business hall is like ending around four or 4.30, maybe 5. Um, so that's what's happening there on that front. But it, at least I'm getting some signal. Like, yes, there was terrible. No matter where I was going, it had, like, no signal. And oh, everyone else was. So when you're trying to meet with people, it becomes a real problem because you won't be able to see them. So I've yet to see a lot of people because I didn't have signal and they didn't have signal either. And signal the app you're talking no, I mean, cell just signal. really cell signal. <laughs> nice. It was bad. Like, I'm not going to connect. It's, it's like weird. It's like, 
everyone's like, oh, well, I guess I'll just connect to the Wi-Fi. I'm like, no, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> but yeah. Nice. Nice. So, um, yeah, obviously we got, it was great to have Jake on yesterday, Jake Williams, and we got some good insight from him yesterday. What, um, anything new from, or different from what we talked about yesterday? Yeah, um, I would say that it's a it's an interesting feel, I would say. So yesterday when I went out to the event, I would say that, you know, people are in a weird funk right now, right? Because you have like a, a lot of things are happening in the world. And so a lot of them are like, I don't know if, what does the future look like here? And so having those really serious conversations last night was was interesting. It wasn't like light chat anymore. It's like people just want to be real with each other, check in, how are you doing? And and I think that was that was different. I didn't really see that too much or hear that before then, I would say, in person. So kind of the the the, uh, the shield's not the right way to put it, but just kind of the the barriers were breaking down and people were being themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like people just want to be themselves, be accepted for who they are. And you no, know, it just it seemed like the masks came off. And by not like physical masks, I right. mean like, you know, the mask came off yesterday for many folks. And is it the same folks? I'm wondering is, because um, obviously we're transitioning now from, I don't know how much corporate you can call it, but the, the black hat yeah. experience over to uh, the DEF CON experience. And which each each person attending has a different uh, view on privacy, right? That black hat's yeah. a little less uh, private. Right. But I'm wondering, did, 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 was there any difference in the, in the attendee for that feeling? Like were black hat people yeah. more open versus I don't it's kind of a weird thing because it's I would say that it's a little bit different because when you're around like the hacker community it kind of has like this understanding where we're all kind of in the same place or seems we've lost Chloe's feed uh, she's talking about that signal there we uh -oh. go I would yep, say that you're back when Oh yes. Um, when we're when you're in more of like corporate events, it seems like people want to talk about it, but they don't know how to talk about it. So it'd be like one of these conversations, like, "So how are you doing? Like, how's the kids? And like, how I heard you had COVID. Are you guys okay? And it's like those kind of conversations versus like when I was at the more hacker oriented event, um, when you're having a conversation with someone who's like the DEF CON person, they're a little bit more open. They're like, instead of like, hey, how's the kids? It's like, are you okay? Are you all right? How are you handling, you know, how are you hanging in there? And it seemed like it was a very different approach of trying to have a communication with one another, to try to be there for one another. And I think Black Hat's kind of in a, you know, you have attendees, we're seeing, a, I'm seeing a lot more hackers this year at hmm. Black Hat. Um, but it's, it's very different, I would say. It's a yeah. different environment because people are just, they want to be real with one another. They want to talk about the serious things. They don't want to just, they want to see action. If anything, I could just tell you, the one thing I noticed was that every single person who was talking about the issues in our industry, 
the hacker community is tired. They're exhausted because no one's taking actions on the corporate side. The corporate side keeps yeah. selling these ideas and these these wishful promises, but not delivering on it and not being part of the community still to help them out. And so the hacker community is getting burned out. They're getting overwhelmed. They're being res- they're getting resentful because they're not being heard, and they don't yeah. feel like they're accepted yet. So right. it's one of those things to see that because you know you have people going to Black Hat that are you know more executives usually that are seen and controlling security teams. Um, and you do get practitioners too. But it's really interesting to see how people are when you go to DEF CON and the differences of how people are feeling. I think it's just people are just tired. They're just they're done with it, everything. They just want change. Yeah. And that was something I'm really happy that we can talk about, you know, in this industry, where it's just everyone's just at this point where we're at this fork in the road where we're like, okay, we can't keep doing the same stuff. It's not working. We need to go a different route. And we need people to be held accountable for those things. Yeah. And it's interesting. We Obviously, we've had a number of conversations on the topic of burnout. And until you just said it a moment ago, I don't think that word has crossed any of our wow. conversations yet. Yeah. And... Yeah, and I, I was just going to say quickly that uh, we were on with uh, Ali Mellon, Axarbella uh, Hac- uh, uh-huh. from Forrester, and she talked about the analyst experience, which is a combination of uh, the tools not working well for the analysts, but then also just the overall experience of their role in, in the security program. And, and in there, I felt, we didn't use the word burnout, but in there, I felt... Yeah, the concept that's of burnout. Going on. Yeah, I mean, and so I don't know what yeah. what do you what do you hear? I'm gonna be honest. I mean, I just remember talking to Ryan Louie back in 2018, I think it was, and I remember he was like the first one that I knew that was talking about you know security team and mental health, and I just remember hearing that. I'm like, why aren't anyone else talking about this? This is serious. Because think about it, we are asking people to dedicate basically their life. You cannot have a work-life balance when you are an analyst, for example. Um, it's impossible. You're it, also in this industry, it's all hours. There's no way you can ever have that balance. So we have to start thinking of ways of how do we incorporate better feedback loops, right? So talking with your team, asking them what do they need, but being a good leader where you're willing to work on you and your accountability too on this instead of it's like one of those things that a lot of people have been complaining is micromanagement that they feel like they're over micromanaged and also like they're feeling like they're last night someone used this term i wouldn't use this term but i will use it like a chicken with his head cut off just running around um it's it's one of those things where i think that I really wish that people listened before the pandemic. And now we're in a situation where this is it for many people. A lot of people are right now are like, you know what? I don't know if I want to be in this industry anymore. And I've talked to a good number of folks that are now like leaving full-time security roles and, and becoming a full-time bug bounty hunter or themselves just being a consultant because they can't deal with it anymore. 
And it is about tools, right? In a sense, if you are making tools where people are not being heard, your users, and you're not incorporating that into your product, then your product is just, it's not gonna always be future forward. It's always gonna be behind the times. And so it's, it is, it is a really interesting thing to see these type of, you know, situations unfolding. And I just remember Ryan and I talking about this, be like, wow, you know, if this doesn't get fixed, we're going to lose a lot more people in this industry. Not just that, but like no one should sign up for a job where now they have to take anti-anxiety medication or depression medication because their burnout got so bad that they couldn't get treatment earlier or get time off. So it's, it's those yeah. kind of things. Yeah. And then we were on uh, earlier with uh, Richard Steen and, and we briefly touched on the, potential for a recession and Richard shed some light on it to us uh, or for us because he, he was saying that that yes there might be a recession yes there might be cuts in staffing he said it might be that security doesn't get cut directly but that IT might and some of the security things that IT have taken on might then shift to security, so they, that team might then get overwhelmed. They may not lose people necessarily, but they even more load on them. And I'm just wondering, kind of tying it to the the what she called the analyst experience, Ali, um, tying it to the employee experience, which is a broader topic of being satisfied, right, in, in the work that you do and in, in the company you're doing it for. Um, do you, do you get a sense of just beyond this is burnout and I'm I'm done? Do you get a sense of uh, the general employee oh, experience geez. being a topic? Yeah. Um, so when I give the talk at RSA conference this year, I touched on uh, PTSD. A lot of times when people were talking to me about like that they have burnout symptoms or anything like that. Um, I had a checklist and the checklist was uh, PTSD symptoms and, and to note for folks that aren't aware of this PTSD and um, burnout do mimic each other. You can have both or you can have either one, but they are very similar to symptoms. And so when I'm going through these conversations to collect research and they're sharing their personal experiences, it was me being like, do you, do you have a therapist at this time? They're like, they're like, I'm actually looking for one right now and I can't find one. I've been on the waiting list for like months. And I was like, yeah, that, you know, you should talk to your employer, see if they can help in any sort of way, provide any resources to you or your, your team because these, these symptoms are something of some flags here. Um, where like, so you have, like, for example, there's people that literally, they have insomnia because they're worried about their job. They're worried that they're not going to be able to fulfill their job. They're worried when their friend is, not their friend, but their colleague, well, it is their friend sometimes, um, their colleague is, like, going out on vacation or has COVID. They need to take care of that spot, of that person. So suddenly all the weight of the world could come on your shoulder, especially if you're dealing with a breach situation. And for those that experience the first breach, um, it can be very traumatic for them, actually, um, where they feel like they they were the responsible one that didn't fix it in time, or that they were frustrated because they showed all these signs saying that we need to do this, but no one was listening to them. And so this causes them to feel like they don't 
they're not welcome there. Or there'll be moments where they'll have triggering events as well. Anytime like there's anything that may be anything close to a you know, warning or a flag, you may have a potential risk right now. So it's really interesting to see what's going on. And I like how we're now talking about burnout significantly in the past two years or so because of the pandemic. But I think what we really need to be talking about is that we're also causing people to develop PTSD too. There's a reason why people are leaving this industry and it's not just you know, being overworked. And a lot of times people believe it's because they're overwhelmed and overworked, but reality, it's, research has shown over and over again, it's really comes to two things. If you have horrible, terrible leadership, you're gonna have a hard time. But the other thing is when you feel like the organization doesn't care about you. So if the organization isn't investing in you and your future, then you don't feel like, why are you here? Why should you be there? Instead, you're kind of treated and seen as just a, a, a body in a sense. And so that's the thing I think we need to have more conversations about is how do you invest in your team? How do you invest in your employees so they don't leave? So they feel like they're coming in thriving every day. But if we're not seeing our people and complaining about how they're not doing well and like laying off people, without looking what's going on internally, I think that's a problem right there that a lot of people have been sharing, especially because of the recession. Right. Can I, can I give you some space, Chloe? To, I know you're involved in a gazillion things. Sure. Um, are there any resources that you can point to, groups, nonprofits, uh, whatever, maybe? Because I don't want to yeah. just leave it with, Oh, Boy, yeah, this is no. really heavy, you know this what I mean? This is really heavy. Um, <laughs> you know, if, if people want to talk, like, my DMs are always open. I'm not a therapist. Um, another good person to reach out to is Ryan Louie on uh, Twitter. He's someone who is always a good listener and can, you know, really help spear those conversations. Um, if you are running a security team right now and you're trying to figure out what's going on on your team, how do you do better on it? You know, more than happy to always get on a call and, and, and learn and hear and, and give any suggestions I can. But the first thing is really just asking your team, how can I do better? Yeah, I love that. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put uh, Ryan's, Ryan's handle there on Twitter. Yeah. So hopefully... Uh, I mean, super cool guy. We met him a few years back, and uh, I mean, I, I can't. I mean, he's just a really good guy. And oh, he, yeah. appreciate everything he does. In this he does so well. much. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's been interesting about the investment thing. The other conversations I've had, believe it or not, this was at RSA. So at RSA conference, I was talking to people about cyber. They're wondering what cyber does, and I shared with them. They're like, "Oh, I'm not going to do that." And I'm like, "What do you mean?" Well, every time I train people, they want to leave. So they always leave to another company. And I'm like, I don't think that's really a training situation usually. That's a sign that you have uh, not the greatest management situation. So, but it's Which may be evident in that myth. decision, right? <laughs> yeah, it's just like this, this like myth that people have about like, well, I don't want to train my people because they'll go somewhere else. And I'm just like looking at them like, nope. I don't know anyone who's ever done that. If anything, anytime a company invests in someone and their, you know, their training, 
they want to stay because they see, oh, you believe in me. You see a future for my career here and maybe elsewhere, but you believe in me. And you care about security, honestly. Right. <laughs> yep. And uh, possibly and hopefully they give space for that. They're not adding the training, right? So maybe if done in the right way at the right time, it could give that person a break oh, from... Yeah from the overload and the monotony of, of the, of the right? normal day-to-day yeah. part. Yeah. I mean, we, we have so many people that want to enter our field and they're not getting seen, not even being interviewed. And they're like, because you need to have a certain number of years of work experience. We've all heard this before, but it's just, it's one of those things like, one of the things that I absolutely love about where I work is that we see cases of people that literally come in and they have just you know they have some experience but then they go through ours and they you know the employee is very the employer is very happy because this person was able to upskill learn and they're eager to work and so i think that's what we just kind of need to do in this industry is just invest in our people invest in their well-being and making sure that we're doing good jobs leading in a way where you know we will own accountability and make sure that we're creating as much of a balance that we can provide while you work in this industry. Yep. Well said, Chloe. Well said. I don't know if uh, you wanted to grab somebody and say hi or what, what's the vibe? Yeah, like I could do yeah. that. One second. All right. I'll let you do that. We'll see who's on the floor who wants to say hello from uh, Black Hat. So Chloe's going to grab somebody, hopefully. I think she was saying earlier that maybe somebody who's new to the scene there kind of get their, their perspective. Let's see. Let's see who shows up. What am I doing? What are you doing? You're having fun. You're having fun. That's what you're doing. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the fun. <laughs> I should probably take off my mask. Hey, you're all right. Hi. How are you? I'm trying to think if I recognize you. I don't I don't know. I don't think I don't so. Know. I don't think so either. Who, who do we have here? I am Nick Meisner. I'm uh, head of product in Cypher. Nice. Yeah, yeah. We have not met, but it's a pleasure, Nick. Good, yeah. good to have you on. Sure. So thanks for uh, joining Chloe here for this. Um, yeah, nothing in particular. We just wanted to say hi and see what kind of the, what's going on there. What's the vibe? I'll just ask you this. Any, any interesting conversations you have that have had that stick out to you? Anything that uh, made you go, wow, I'm, I'm really glad we, we had that chat. With somebody. You know, I've talked with a, with a lot of folks about our, our CVE and threat actor campaigns, kind of the more emergent threat content that we're producing now. And uh, it's, it's really cool to see how strongly it resonates with, with everybody here on the floor. Um, even folks who know Cyberry, you know, from years past, uh, everybody's ears perk up when they see it. And so and people who don't know us, you know, it's, it's, um, it's a pretty fresh approach to training. So, um, you know, it, I'm excited to see how that that's, you know, resonating with the market. Nice. And what, um, I don't know if you had a chance to kind of cruise around other parts I, of the floor or you've been stuck there the whole time. I've, I've been, I've been working the booth. Yeah. Yeah, your feet and your your dogs are barking. Is that what they say? A little bit. Yeah, my dogs are barking for sure. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What um, what about uh, 
events and other things. Do you have any any chats with other folks outside of the hall? Uh, not not too much. I mean, really, I've, I've stuck to the hall. Um, you know, for me in my role, it's a it, it's an awesome opportunity for me to actually get to talk to the people who are using the product or you know would, we would like to use the product. Um, so, you know, I, I'm really learning as much as I can uh, here. So that's one of the reasons why I'm sticking close to the booth is it gives me a chance to interface with as many as many people as possible uh, to understand what their needs are and how we can meet them. So how, uh, maybe share with me quickly how training fits into a, a security program. Where, where does it fit? Uh, theory or practice? Practice. What are you finding? Because, I mean, yeah, the, we, we yeah, see the marketing stuff and then, there, then there's reality. I, I mean, unfortunately, I think training is, is, um, is given short shrift, right? I mean, you know, we, people don't really allocate the time uh, because actually I was just talking with, uh, with, a, with a couple customers of ours who stopped by the booth and we were talking about quantifying the value of training. And it's, it's ephemeral. Uh, it's very, very difficult to take the, the, the variable, that valuable lessons that, that people get out of spending time in Cyberary and tie that to core KPIs of a SOC. Um, you know, that's something that we're interested in, in, in narrowing that gap so that we can be a little bit more explicit about what the value is and the return on investment of training. But um, unfortunately, you know, it, it, it means that training is often a, a, a secondary consideration or a tertiary consideration uh, in, a, in a real environment. Now, what's awesome is, you know, we do have customers that, that have, you know, either of their own volition or, or in working with Cyberry, have kind of changed that point of view uh, internally and seeing a ton of success uh, on our platform. And so it's exciting to see and encouraging to see that there really is a, a you know, this, there's a valid use case for this and that it is meaningful. Um, so now really for me, it's more about, okay, well, what can I do to translate that to people who um, that aren't there yet? And how do we make sure that everybody can see the, the power of training and upskilling uh, in our market? Nice. And uh, maybe one more question, and it might be two parts to the same one, but sure. what, and the reason I'm thinking about it is it, who, who has the money? <laughs> so who, who's coming by? Is it, is it the <laughs> practitioner that wants to be trained? Is it the the uh, program leader that has a team that, that they want to train? Is it the CISO? Is it, and then who, where, where's the budget coming from to actually back, make it happen? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great question. You know, um, I would say right now, a, a small majority, you know, 60% of the people that are coming by are practitioners. Um, with, you know, another call it 25% or so are team managers, team leads. Um, and then, and then that final, uh, boy, if my math is right, 15% um, are actually, you know, what you would call decision makers or, or people who, who hold the purse strings. Um, it, when, when we're talking to practitioners or even those team managers, I, I had one guy, uh, we, we have cyber stickers. Um, we walked him through the value prop. We walked him through what we had to offer. He put the sticker on his forehead. He said, I'm going to go talk to my boss. I, you know, I, so Unfortunately, you know, we're not talking to as many as many decision makers as you know I'd like to. I'd love to hear more from them because that really is where um, articulating the value is critical. Is is at that level, um, but it seems like we're turning a lot of heads with practitioners and managers to to go and prompting them, prompting them to go to speak to the the right people to to you know to actually make the purchase. Yeah, 
Yeah, we were. I was just chatting with Chloe about uh, the the whole notion of employee experience, and and there's a lot that goes into that. Um, big yeah. part of it is feeling. Uh, I'll say cherished is the right word, but but feeling valued, right? And and feeling yeah. an investment right. being made in them, and having some flexibility for for uh, meeting the the employees' needs, and that's going to look different to every employee, right? Some want the money, some want the that's locations, right. some want the training, some want the, uh, the the flexibility of hours. But at some point, it, it's that full experience that will, and that's why I was asking the budget, because to me, that, that experience is driven, at least from my perspective, by HR, right? Not by a single right. manager in the company, but it's that's the right. culture of the company, which I believe yep. HR kind of has the, the reins there. Well, it's true. That's true, and I think one of the things that's critical is it's you know we we talk to a lot of folks where um, they even if the budget is available, um, there's not a lot of thought behind it. We're gonna we're gonna buy Cyberware and make it available to them. And I think to your point about that notion of appreciation, the value uh, that we're trying to you know inculcate with with folks who are on the front lines, uh, it has to be more than just here's a tool you can use it if you want to. Um, I think investing in the thoughtfulness about, okay, here's a way to use it. Let me help you get the most out of this for you and for the company. So, um, you know, and that's where we see people win. Uh, you know, the, the programs that we work with where they have they have a philosophy and a point of view on training, um, they're the ones that get the most out of Cyberary. And I think really their teams are, are happiest for it. Yep. And then and, and Clay was also mentioning that that uh, people, some people are afraid to train and then the person leaves. And I, right. all I can think of is, well, they're, yes, they might go to a competitor. Even if they do, what's the big deal? But chances are they're That's going right. to, to somebody that's within your ecosystem or a third-party vendor or, or don't we want to just raise the, the bar for the industry anyway? So we're kind of all better. Yeah. <laughs> so it, yeah. it, it's strange no. sometimes it, the, the, th- the way people think. But. No, I couldn't agree more. Uh, it's a it's a really short sighted point of view. I, I, I know, uh, you know, the talents at a at a premium, and so I can understand the concern. But um, but to choose not to invest in people is uh, it just it just ultimately I don't think it pays off for either the the employee or the or for the company. Yep. 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 Well, Nick, it was a pleasure to meet you and uh, a joy to chat with you. Um, yeah, I feel like here. I know Thanks you so now. <laughs> So, yeah, hopefully we get a chance to to chat again. And thanks to Chloe. I I see her making her entrance back into into the frame. Let me turn you over to Chloe. Thanks. Keep keep well, man. Ah, so you met Nick. Yes. And I meant to put his his name up on the screen. I totally failed as a a producer. (laughs) But uh, anyway, we'll we'll, include. It's okay, he could be Chloe for a day. That's right. He was Chloe for a few minutes there anyway. But uh, yeah, we'll put his info in, in the show notes for sure so so people can connect with him. Well, Chloe, it's always fun and, uh, and informational talking with you, speaking with you, and uh, exploring life with you through, uh, through cybersecurity. And uh, yeah, I'm glad, glad you're there and enjoying that and, and hopefully the transition wow. to uh, the, the other half of summer camp uh, is, is yeah. fun for you. Oh, I absolutely love it. It's interesting because I remember when 
interviewing with them, I wanted to know what their goals were. And their goals was to make sure that we make a dent in this industry. By that mean, like, we convince people to invest in their people and that we start reducing the gatekeeping in this industry, making sure that everyone is accountable and wanting to help as much as possible. And that's the one thing I love is basically my role is to provide feedback loops, hearing from the community, hearing from the practitioners, hearing from the you know executives and making sure that what we're doing is, is creating a difference. Even if it's a little, little ripple effect, right? At the end yeah. of the day, I think that's the most important thing we can do. Yeah. Well, I like holding people, uh, each other, not people. I like the fact or the idea of holding each other accountable as long as we know what that is that we're holding each other accountable to. Right. So, <laughs> so you got you to be super clear about that. And then, uh, and then hopefully everything oh, yeah. else will follow. <laughs> All right, Chloe. Exactly. Well, listen, so, have, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Definitely. Oh, no, it's just like, absolutely, definitely. It was lovely to be here again. Yep. On day again. two. Day two. Yes, it's one <laughs> one big, long day for you, I'm sure. And uh, hopefully uh, a three-peat tomorrow from DEF CON. Yep. Looking forward to it, we'll Chloe. Have a good night. Likewise. Talk day to two. you soon. All right. Thanks, everybody, for See listening. See you tomorrow. All right. Bye. Bye. Pentera, the leader in automation security validation, allows organizations to continuously test the integrity of all cybersecurity layers by emulating real-world attacks at scale to pinpoint the exploitable vulnerabilities and prioritize remediation towards business impact. Learn more at www.pentera.io. EdgeScan offers continuous vulnerability intelligence as a service, accurately identifying vulnerabilities and exposures across the full stack. All threats are verified by cybersecurity experts, providing exploitable risk and remediation guidance, virtually false positive free. Learn more at edgescan.com. CrowdSec, the collaborative and open source cybersecurity solution. Analyze behaviors, respond to attacks, and share signals across the community for free. Let's make the internet safer together. Learn more at crowdsec.net. We hope you enjoyed this episode of our on-location conversation. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share itspmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Insights, solutions, and networking all come together at RSA Conference. Join a global cybersecurity community 
at rsaconference.com forward slash ITSP mag 24.